Today's scripture is Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we will wait for it with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you, Desiree. Well, hello, everyone. Good morning. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Redemption Tucson, and I'm glad we can be together. As some have said, I'm glad we can gather in the house of the Lord together. Amen? I uh, want to introduce myself uh, and just some more about me. I, I have a stutter, just so you know. It'll kind of come in and out as, uh, as I preach, so I want to make sure that you all know what that is and, and aren't confused by that. It is, uh, though my Temperature is confused, right? Hot, cold, you don't know. It's just if you're new to Tucson, dress in multiple l- l- layers everywhere you go because uh, you never know, right? You might be freezing. You might be super hot, especially here at Safford. Also, throughout the summer, as Pastor Marcus said earlier, uh, a bunch of our college students are, are gone during the summer. Now's the chance, right? Show them up. Move closer up here. Fill in some of this front. When they get back, they're like, where do I sit? Um, all right, they're breaking all the stereotypes. They're the ones that are here early, sitting up front, and all of us older folks come in at the, in the back and everything. Also, happy Mother's Day again uh, to you, to my wife, um, to all of us. All right, we all come from different situations, different situations we're walking through now or have it at some point. But, but I think all of us, in, in some sense, this day is significant. And um, again, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to you. We're, we're, we're glad to honor moms. Uh, I especially have been just thinking a lot. This is my first Mother's Day since my mom passed away a few months ago. And it's just been f- full of me- memories of just what a gift she, she was not perfect by any means, but uh, a, an incredible gift uh, for me and my, my family. So um, we're glad to be here together. Also, I'm glad that someone uh, clarified that that's cold brew. When my wife walked up a uh, little late, I thought she was carrying some wine in that, those little plastic cups. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know. I know the men's ministry took the weed on, on this. I didn't know what they were doing. So uh, it's like, all right, there but it is cold brew and treats. So thank you, men, men's ministry for doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, you're all a gift. Yeah, let's thank, thank them. 
Corey Crosby and company and crew. Lots of C's there. So, uh, right, some of you didn't get that. All right, I'm going to need some help here, right? We need to pick it up. Uh, I've got allergies, and uh, this is going to be a, a preaching by committee, okay? So we'll be, we'll be uh, keeping me going here, all right? Amen? Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's turn to Romans 8. That's where we are. We've been for the uh, last number of weeks, for about a couple months. We're hunkering down and spending time in Romans 8, and we have a few weeks left, this week, next week, and then Marcus is going to bring us home um, with a, a very thick a bunch of passages, so we're, we're excited for that, and um, that's coming up. And then we'll be in 1 John uh, throughout the, the, the summer. So uh, let's pray. Turn with me there. If you need a copy of God's Word, um, sorry, Jill, happy Mother's Day, and thank you for serving. If you need a Bible, will you hold your hand up high and keep it up, and somebody will get you a Bible. Y en español, si quiere la Biblia en español y no tiene, por favor, levanta su mano y tenemos Biblias en español. Y eso es un regalo a usted. So again, this is our gift to you, right, if you don't own a copy of God's Word. And as I saw Jill there handing these out, I just also thought everyone who's serving here for the most part, even like, so MJ's here serving on the board. MJ is not a mom, though he got some cold brew. Sorry to call you out publicly, bro, but I love you. But, but his wife, Beth, just when he's serving, she's holding down the fort, getting the kids here, all this stuff. So, um, okay, those, so everyone who's serving here, I'm thinking Desiree's reading scripture, my wife's going, a lot of moms are serving still, and then a lot of moms whose husbands are serving are holding the weight down too. So again, thank you. Hopefully you're blessed uh, even as you, you help uh, serve God's people. So let's pray, all right, as we get into our time together. Lord, we, we need you. We pray for your spirit to be at work. Even as we talk about the spirit eh, throughout this time in this very significant chapter in the Bible, um, help us not just think about the spirit as an intellectual exercise, as some kind of academic thing. It's a mystery that those who put their faith in Jesus are then filled with the Holy Spirit, your Spirit sent, eternal God living and dwelling within us. So even this morning, as we look at two seemingly contradictory ideas, hope and suffering, somehow they go together. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you equip your people to follow you faithfully in the midst of suffering with hope. So we pray that you will help us, again, by your spirit, the same spirit that, that, that spoke this word, Lord, that we now read, will you open our hearts? Will you speak through my imperfect mouth and help us to follow you faithfully, individually and corporately as your people, your church, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. I just can't take it anymore. How many of you have said that? Maybe this morning. How many of you have heard someone say that? Again, as I've been just thinking through some of my mom's 
Uh, I, I was raised by a single mom. My dad left when I was super young, and then we had some different men in and out uh, of my life. But my mom was the, the kind of foundation, the strong one throughout my, my whole life. And, and as strong as she was, I mean, and she was strong. One time she was out cutting the hedges, and uh, she, she cut her arm like really badly and should have gone in to the doctor. She actually worked at a hospital at the time, but she went inside and sewed it up with like how, you know, like thread and needle. Uh, and so she went out and finished the, the chores. I don't know what all her sons, her four boys were doing. We're probably, who knows what we were doing, jumping on the bed, eating Otter Pops. That was one of our favorite pastimes. But uh, she was just holding it down. And um, even again, I was thinking of all these, all these different songs. Ed Sheeran's written some great songs about mom. Uh, the best one probably is Dear Mama. Anyone? Amen. Tupac. Okay. Thank you. West Coast, even East Coast Marcus appreciates Tupac, Dear Mama. All right, but so there's um, moms, right? Even as strong as my mom was, I just can't take it. Rolled out of her mouth a number of times. The car wouldn't start, right? The, 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 someone got sick and she had to go to work and couldn't leave the kid home, you know, by themselves. Or all these, just these things would just seemingly pile on and pile on and pile on. And that reality of, 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 I just can't take it. I'm floundering. I'm suffering. Just rolls off our mouths. And sometimes if it doesn't come out, it, it's, it's the truth of what our hearts are, are feeling. So again, happy Mother's Day. We're going to talk about suffering <laughs> together. But it's where we find ourselves in, in God's word. But it's because um, suffering is in us and around us. So it's such a reality, seemingly ever present at times. It's just there. And if we're not suffering, some of us have grown so used to it when we're not, it's even that is affected a little bit because we're just waiting for the next nickel to drop. The next, is that the term? The next shoe to drop. And, uh, uh, you know, um, some of you young, you're like, what's a nickel anymore? You don't even know what a nickel is. Um, right? The next shoe to drop. What's going to impact me and my life? What is suffering going to look like around the next corner? And the reality is no matter what we do, how hard we try, we can't just get through it, right? We can, we can try, we can do our, our best, but suffering seems like an unwelcome, ever-present friend for so many of us. And the reality in God's word, what we look at is that God's children Okay, which means you've put your faith in Jesus. You've put your trust in him. You are now a child of God. You're one of his children. And the reality, I think in God's kindness, he tells us you will suffer. Though, though that can be hard. I was talking to a friend at the, at the gym and, and she was sharing the, the, the reality of suffering in the world, in her own life, and just out there, right? The news channel, wherever. It's just so much. How can a good God allow this suffering. And God in his goodness says, you, you will suffer as my children, but you can still have hope. And so what we'll see as we walk through this passage together is that though God's children will suffer, the Holy Spirit empowers us to hope with endurance and confidence 
and patience. So this is how we're going to walk through it this morning. For some of us who need kind of some, some help seeing where we're going, this is what we see. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit sent to fill us, empowers us to endure with confidence and patience. Let's pick up together in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So there, there's a lot going on here. Pause there for a moment. Again, it's, it's, it's helpful for us to just ask honest questions of the Bible. And as we read this, is God minimizing suffering? Is he downplaying it? Right? We, we've talked about this here before. If someone says like a passage that we'll get to in a couple of weeks, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And sometime, sometimes when someone is suffering, we're, we're uncomfortable with, with, with their suffering. And so we just throw out a Bible verse more to help ourselves just get out of this uncomfortable situation as quickly as possible. Oh, oh hey, don't, don't worry, right? God works it all out for good. Don't, don't worry. And then we just want to move on with that. Or we say that to ourselves when we're suffering. Oh, don't struggle. You should just slap on a smile and grin and bear it and, and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get through this, right? Because God works it out and it's not okay to sit in the reality of suffering. That's sometimes how we interact with a passage like this. Is that what this author Paul is doing to this Roman church who are, who have and will suffer significantly? Good friends of theirs will, will die. Is that, is that what he's doing? Just, oh, oh, hey, don't worry, right? Your suffering doesn't really matter. Move on. Well, no, but, but how, how does God recognize suffering and then still say you can have hope? Well, it's because you can endure when you recognize your suffering, but also don't see it as ultimate. You put it up against something else. In, in, in another passage that the same author Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look what he says. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. How many of us feel like our outer self is wasting away? I was just talking to my friend Adam here playing basketball, right? With you sore this morning. Jared, thank you for the raised hand. You too. Some of you all know I shared last week my neck and my back were hurting, right? And, and then all of a sudden, like my feet are hurting, my ankles. Like it just feels like one thing after the other. Again, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to exercise again because like why even try? It's just I'm kind of... <laughs> going to get her right. I know all the physical therapists in the room are like shaking your head, judging me right now, right? That is not the answer, but uh, that's how it feels. Like why bother? Just something else is going to break this, this language of my outer self is wasting away. Paul talks all else. His eyesight was likely bad. He potentially had gout. Some people think, and he had a hard time with, with trying to 
write and pen things. There's all kinds of ailments. And and, 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 and this language of wasting away is like rust eating through iron. All right, I've never lived anywhere cold where you had to shovel that white stuff that falls from the sky and gathers and then it turns gray and gross and brown. So thankfully, I've never lived in a place of any of you Right. And you've probably seen where like, you know, they like the they, they, they put salt all over the roads and then the salt gets on the cars and and then gets holes in the cars and stuff like that. My older br- brother who one who helped teach me how to drive, he drove with his feet, by the way. So if you've ever driven with me, where's Parker? Parker and I have had a couple of traffic interactions before out in the uh, <laughs> on first and, and Grant not knowing each other were the other one. All right. So anyway, true story. Uh, but my older brother who taught me how to drive, he drove uh, this old hoopty car that my mom gave him. So when you get a hand-me-down from my mom, hand-me-down car, you know it's going to be bad because she was always driving, you know, hoopties rolling, tailpipe dragging, homies in the backseat, pants are sagging. Anyone? That was our family. Well, uh, he was driving with his feet and he was like Fred Flintstone. Again, you younger people, they're all gone anyway. You don't know who Fred Flintstone is. I'm sorry. Well, they would like run the cars with their feet and he had such a huge rust spot in the bottom of the car because of the, uh, the he lived in Michigan and the salt put a rust thing. So he's driving with his feet and could literally see the ground uh, while he's driving in the snow and the ice and all this stuff. And uh, so I lost you guys. Some of you, you're like, what, what are we talking about right now? Fred Flintstone, feet, driving, I don't know, wasting away. It's real. If you're not there yet, you will be. Your parents are there. Your grandparents are there, right? You know it. I, when I was, some of you guys, young and fit, uh, it's like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It'll never, it happens. And Paul knows suffering, He says, while even though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. In short, God doesn't waste anything. But let me ask you, like, how are you suffering? How have you suffered? I believe every one of us in this room is suffering in some way or has suffered in some way. And, 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 and some of us are, are afraid to acknowledge our own suffering because we want to compare it to someone else's, right? Oh, oh well, that, that person has suffered more than me or worse than me. Yes, it's important to acknowledge other people's suffering. I think it's unloving, unkind, and just dishonest if we only focus on our own But at the same time, it's also not honest if we pretend like whatever we're going through isn't difficult. If it's it's hard for us, God sees it and God cares about it. And he speaks into it. So Paul is not dismissing suffering. All right, Paul knows suffering. He says, my outer body is wasting away, but my inner self is being renewed. Well, Paul goes, I'm not going to turn there for sake of time, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it's, uh, it's Paul walks through his resume of suffering. And I don't even think he puts everything in there, but he talks about how many times he's been beaten. He's been, he's been like whipped and scourged within an inch of his own life. He's been drugged out of cities. 
And then he went back in to finish preaching the gospel. He didn't know it yet, but he would eventually die for his faith. He would be beheaded in Rome, the same people that he's now writing this encouraging letter to about hope in the midst of suffering. He would, he would be brought to Rome and then would ultimately be beheaded there. So he knows suffering. He is not downplaying it in any way. He's acknowledging suffering is real. As Marcus and I have talked about suffering, and, and he's joked before that you could say Paul and some other people, this is like the Michael Phelps of suffering. <laughs> All right? Like, again, it's like this person has, like, the most medals for uh, difficulty. Paul has suffered significantly. He doesn't downplay it, but he does say, compared to what's to come, you can have hope, even though you don't see it now, you can endure if you compare this present suffering to what is to come. It will actually seem like, in comparison, light momentary affliction. That's like, again, whatever you're going through right now, when I hurt my neck last week, if someone would have told me, oh, this is light momentary affliction compared to what's to come, it doesn't feel in the moment. And that is insignificant, right? It's like, a neck, it actually happened while sleeping. How pathetic is that, right? But like, it, but it hurt, all right? I didn't, I, God's humbling me. I, my voice just cracked when I said it. I'm right, like it hurt. I couldn't journal, like, again, woe is me. I'm trying to write in the morning. I'm a pastor. I wake up. I'm like, well, it's Sunday. I might as well journal. Right? I'm praying. I'm journaling. And I'm like, ah, all right, I'm done. I can't. Like, it hurts too much to write right now in my journal. But it feel it hurts. It's real. God never downplays even the smallest thing. He doesn't downplay it. In fact, though, he, he elevates it. But then he shows that it's never ultimate. It never gets the last say because it's compared to what lies ahead, which we'll, we'll talk about in a moment, but it's far greater than you can even hope or imagine. In verse 19, he says that this glory, we, we talked about this some last week, but I wanna, I wanna briefly mention it again, right? He says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. The whole hope that is to come is ultimately for those who belong to God, those who are his children, right? Keith talked about this last week. If you're confused about it, I encourage you to go back and listen or to talk to one of us, but not every, so not every human being is a child of God, okay? Every human being is an image bearer of God and has dignity and worth and value, but we're told in scripture that we, in Ephesians, especially chapter two, that by nature and by choice, we're actually enemies of God. We're children of wrath. But through faith in Jesus, right? Romans eight chapter, or Romans chapter eight, verse one, it, through faith in Jesus, we go from children of wrath, condemned to children of God, forgiven, no wrath, no condemnation accepted, delighted in, given promises of a future full of hope and goodness so that current suffering does not even compare. And then he explains this language there about creation. So 
let me just quickly unpack this, all right? That when sin entered into the world, all right, the first people, Adam and Eve, God said he, he created everything. It's amazing. It's perfect. Their bodies are perfect. Their, 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 in, their relationship is perfect. There's no shame. There's, they're naked and there's no fear of judgment or, or anything like that. There's, it's, it, they are perfectly reconciled, are perfectly relating to each other, to God, to the earth, to the world uh, around them. It is all good. But then when they sin, when they turn away from God and say, no, thanks God, we don't want to find who we are under you as your image bearers. We want to actually replace you as God. We want to rule this earth. Well, everything is affected, is impacted because God entrusted all of creation to us, to human beings, to steward is the language. All right, to look after what he has made, to honor him and to bless each other through all that he's given us. So when we sin, everything's affected. Thorns, thistles, mosquitoes. I don't know what their use is or was before, right? Before sin entered into the world, but everything was now impacted. The relationship with creation, with each other, with God, everything has been affected. And so God says, even creation, he, he, he personifies that on an individual level and on a whole level, though everything's been impacted. One day when Jesus ushers in his kingdom and makes everything new and brings the world back as like the playground for his children to flourish in, to thrive in. His, his children will be revealed and creation will celebrate. Everything will be the way it's supposed to be. Am I just talking about a thing, fairy tale right now? But in all honesty, so thank you for those no's, right? Thank, that's the correct answer. You're right. But, but functionally, practically on a heart level, do we believe that? When I'm sitting there and I can't feel my hand because I've got like a bad knot or whatever, right? When, when the car won't start, when, when a relationship seems like it's past the point of ever being able to be healed, does the reality of God one day making everything new, of wiping away every tear, does that inform how we live? Like, for me, most often the answer is no. It seems like a fairy tale. It seems like a, a comic, like something, yeah, okay, you know, Mother Goose, right? The three little pigs, uh, heaven and earth one day made new. Like, that's reality. But the message is you can hope, you will suffer. And the only way to endure this suffering with hope is to compare it with what is to come. And he says, you can have confidence. All right, I'm gonna look, weave that question mark out there right now for us to just sit in the reality of how far off and unrealistic that seems. But he says, you can endure with confidence. Look with me in verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. 
And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. Groaning. Again, he doesn't minimize suffering. In the world right now, that is, again, not the way it should be. He says, he says the, the non-human created world is not the way it should be. He personifies and says there's groaning, there's suffering, right? There's thorns, there's, it's, 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 it's decaying. It's not, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like we live in the desert, right? We should get this a little bit. Like it is, it is, it is a thirsty land. It's been, it's been, it's been affected. It's been impacted. It's groaning. He compares it there to childbirth. Uh, that's just God's sense of humor there that on Mother's Day, we're talking about that. Um, I don't know too much of firsthand knowledge about that, but uh, it's right. It, he compares it there. There's, there's anguish, there's suffering, but then he says, it's not the end of the story. He says, there's actually like a de deposit. There's a hope that this isn't going to be the end. And he says, for those who are, again, children of God, you can have confidence, verse 23, because you have the first fruits of the Spirit. What that means is if you put your trust in Jesus, you put your faith in him, he sends the Holy Spirit to now fill your heart. You, you can actually look up from your current suffering and recognize this isn't going to be the end because God's promises, even if they seem somewhere out there, far, far away, uh, I, 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 I have hope. Not just outwardly, I don't just need to convince myself, but internally the Holy Spirit is like the beginning Again, I got to see that with my mom and, and looking now as I'm older and I look back on, my, on our childhood, I'm like, how did she make it? I mean, true story, there were times where, and this is not at all, let me just tell you about me, but again, I just, my mom is an illustration. I saw this, that there were times when our electricity got, got turned off. And, uh, and, and, or there were times that the hot water heater broke. And I remember her boiling, again, four boys, single mom, four boys, ages. When my dad left, my oldest brother had just turned 13 and I was five and a half mo months old. It was actually on Mother's Day, which I know is so sad. I don't mean to dishonor my dad. It's just like the reality there of her situation. And yet, there were moments while she would sometimes say, I just can't take it anymore. There were also moments where in the middle of that, she would make lemonade out of lemons. She continued to take us to church. As Lecrae said, I was a drug baby because my mom drugged me to church, right? That was, my mom would take us to church still. If the, one time she hitchhiked because the car broke down, like she just kept going. And I believe that, yeah, she was a tough woman, but more than that, she had an internal conviction that she would have been the first to say the Holy Spirit produced an endurance, a confidence that she couldn't muster up on her own. And if you know Jesus, if you're a child of God, you can say amen to that. You, you can say, though my outer self is wasting away, my inner self is being renewed daily 
And this suffering is not wasted. It's actually producing in me. God's not waiting. He's doing something. He's, 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 he's awakening my awareness to compare what is going on right now is actually futile compared to what is to come. The first fruits, the deposit God has given you and me, his children, the Holy Spirit to empower us to have confidence in the hope that is to come. And finally, we can endure suffering with patience. In verse 24, for in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Again, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you put your trust in Christ. He sends the Holy Spirit. Some of us are not patient people, right? Anyone else? Let me tell you, though, that's not an excuse to not be patient. It's good to acknowledge it, confess it, recognize it. But if we belong to Jesus, if we put our faith in him, it doesn't mean overnight. It doesn't mean we're going to be as patient as maybe someone else who just pace and comes more naturally. But over time, the spirit is producing an increase, a growing in patience. So while we want to say, I can't take it anymore. And we can look at the suffering and say, it's real, it's present, it's hard, it's difficult. For some of us, again, probably for all of us, Mother's Day is both a day of celebration and a day of grieving. And how does the celebration, how do we not just ignore the suffering, but actually look at it and say, it doesn't get the last word. It's by growing in patience. It's by looking at it and saying, it's real but God, will you do what I can't do myself? Will you give me hope? For, for some of you, you came today on Mother's Day as an act of faith, as an act of worship. Some of you came as a way to love your mom. <laughs> your mom said, hey, it's Mother's Day. Will you, will you come with me? And so that's, that's great. And I'm glad you're here. And I think your, your mom is glad you're here. Your friend who invited you is glad you're here. Most importantly, God is glad you're here. He knew you'd be here. He wants to speak to you and say, this life is real, but it doesn't get the last word. No, and even if you're not suffering right now, and, and you think this is the best there is, let me tell you it's not. For, for those, in fact, as I, as I close... I'm going to ask you to, to actually close your eyes right now, all right? We don't do this a ton. If you're uncomfortable, you don't have to close your eyes. I'll just look at you and we'll have eye contact and then you'll feel so <laughs> uncomfortable, you'll want to close your eyes. But when have you experienced real physical joy? It might not be right now, but when? As a kid, in your 20s? right, in your 30s, some other time. When, when did you not feel the aches and pains that you do right now? When did you feel the embrace of someone you love that m maybe you haven't in a long time? When have you experienced real physical joy, running, playing, sitting down without your sciatic nerve 
smelling, seeing without glasses, hearing, touching, experiencing joy. Maybe some of us in here have never experienced those things. Again, I mentioned my older brother. I remember he, one, one of the few times he just said, man, I wish I could pick my own kid up right now with my arms and throw him up in the air. And he actually said, Dave, go and do that real quick for me. Pick up my two-year-old and throw him up in the air and catch him. Right? That, some of us have never experienced, but we've longed for it. Some of us experienced it at one point, but we have, are so tempted to give up hope that we'll ever experience it again. What right now in your life are you experiencing emotional, physical joy that is so good? But if I'm honest with you, it's not going to last forever unless your hope is in Jesus. Church, as I pray, I want us to acknowledge that if you are in Christ, This world is the closest to hell you will ever get. This world is the closest to suffering you will ever be. And as real as it is right now, we're told it is but a vapor compared to eternity. Minutes, hours, weeks, months, years of suffering is not something to downplay. But it is something to hold up in comparison to the promise of a God who sent his only son to suffer on our behalf and then to raise from the dead and to say, in me, you can experience resurrection, healing, joy, gladness, running, playing, touching, smelling, seeing, happiness forever. In Christ, there is a joy that surpasses understanding that everything we experience on this earth is but a shadow of. It's black and white compared to the technicolor that he says we are marching toward. So now we continue on in hope in the midst of suffering, in the midst of potential suffering, We can endure with confidence and patience for the final fulfillment of God's promises that we've only just begun to experience in Christ. Lord, we pray now individually and together as a church family. Lord, I pray that somehow this isn't a, just a negative kind of dreary time. I pray that somehow by looking at the reality of suffering, we're also able to say with Paul, this is light and momentary. And what God is doing within me is preparing an eternal weight of glory that is beyond comparison, beyond my imagination, far more than I can ask, hope, or dream. Lord, will you help us understand that heaven one day is physical and real. There will be sights and smells and feelings and experiences that are so, so good. And Lord, help us fix our eyes on you, living eternity out of in response to your goodness. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.